Thank you for choosing to listen to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. In a really amazing selection of other podcasts indicative of the recruitment market and the business market, for whatever reason you're listening now, we just want to say thank you for choosing us. We couldn't do this without our sponsor and our partners. We're going to talk about them a little bit later on in the show, but thank you to Pager, our sponsors, and our partners, Inclusion Crowd and Needy. And without further ado, let's jump in to get to know this week's guest. This next guest for the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is somebody that I've known for over 15 years, which is quite a daunting prospect, actually. Um, and you are ready to be strapped in to an episode that I have to say, if you are offended by offensive words, swear words, then you might just want to get a bleep machine ready. This is Martin Dangerfield, and he is the CEO of Immersive, which is an embedded recruitment company covering the global market. And we start with quite a contrary question, which is why are recruitment consultants fucking things up in the industry? I promise you're in for a treat. Martin's pragmatism and sense of humor shines through. And during the interview, he, I ask him, what do we need to do as recruiters to improve the perception for external clients, for the end user clients? And especially if you're a new recruiter starting out your recruitment career, what's his advice to make sure you endure in the new market? So strap on tight. You're in for a great episode. I hope you enjoy Martin's insights and advice and thank you for joining us. So let's jump into the episode. This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. And I know this is going to be no surprise to anybody, but I'm welcoming to our global community today somebody that I've had the pleasure to get to know over quite a long time, actually. In person, virtually, we actually sat alongside one another for years in our offices in Manchester. He's trying to recall it all. It's so long ago. But I'd like to welcome to our community today somebody I think you're going to find I'm hoping quite challenging, possibly contrary, but certainly very knowledgeable. This is Martin Dangerfield, who is the CEO of Immersive. Welcome to you today, Martin. How are you? I'm great. And thank you for having me. What a wonderful thing. You're you're right. I was trying to remember the first time we met, and it was a long time ago. Um, I had hair. Okay. Uh, No beard. No beard. Yeah, no hair, no beard. And I was in a suit. That's oh. how long ago it really was. The suit is the measure of anything. So when would it have been? Let's think about it. Would it have been one of the true events, maybe? No, we met. We met. I used to be. So uh, oh. we'll talk about me in a minute. I used to be a regional director for um, what do we call it? What's called Rec, isn't it? Yeah. I, I got everybody together. I say everybody. I got you and Chris and somebody else. And we had a coffee, and we said, "God." This wreck thing's a bunch of rubbish, isn't it? I went, no, 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 I, I represent wreck in the Northwest. It's going to be amazing. Let's do something. We never did anything. No, we that's did, but that was pre, pre-recession. It was... Yes, that's, so that's how long ago. That's how long. So you've wow. been so for a very long time. We have known each other a very long time. Well, so I know who you are and I know what you do, but our global community don't yet. They'll be clicking away on LinkedIn. So just give us an overview of what your business does and what a little bit about you. Yeah, cool. Okay. Um, well, the good news is, name like Martin Dangerfield, you'll find me really quickly on LinkedIn. There aren't very many of us. Uh, there's a professor of uh, Balkan studies at Wolverhampton University. If you want to go and say hello to him as well, <laughs> um, he'll love that. I get his emails every now and again. Um, right. Yeah, I run a bit. Well, no, they're not. They're not. They're, mm, not very interesting. Right. Okay. I, there is a story to tell, but not now. Um, right. The um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I run a business called Immersive. We're an in-house recruiter. So with that awkward. There's an awkward UK phrase, um, he says sounding very global there, that is embedded recruitment. So what we actually do is go in-house and work either alongside an existing talent acquisition team 
or instead of an, exact, okay. uh, an existing talent acquisition team. So different model to a traditional sort of agency. Yeah. Um, but it means we have lots of awkward conversations. So we're, I say awkward because we're sat in the middle. Um, mm. Companies often see there's in-house one silo, there's agency another silo, but we're sort of in the middle, in middle. because we are desperately trying to look more in-house and be more in-house because we operate in-house. But you know, there's a commercial bit that comes in as well. So real, a real happy blend. Uh, and we work across Europe and North America currently. And um, we've got people, North America, South America, a couple of in Africa, and then scattered across Europe. Um, sounds a bit, a bit, Clever clogs, but yeah, properly, properly global. Um, and the fact Very that I'm only a few people in the UK. So there you go. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, well, thank you for that wonderful explanation. And you know, the embedded model is certainly one that I think has taken much more sort of precedence over the last few years. I think most people in the UK will be familiar with that term. But we do have a global community, so it's great that you also have that reach yourself because uh, we're yep. probably about 50% UK listeners. The rest is scattered across the rest of the globe, which is fantastic. So I'm going to start with a really contrary question because that's kind of who you are and what you stand for, I guess, in a way. But why do you think recruitment agencies are fucking things up? We are so proud at the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to be sponsored by Pager. Pager helps recruiters to build personal brands, to identify new business opportunities, to attract those hard-to-find candidates, and to basically have better conversations. Now, you will have a large network that you want to build credibility with on LinkedIn. And sometimes posting content every day feels impossible. Now, that changes once you have Pager. Pager provides you with the ideas, the content and the scheduling capability for, to produce daily content to build out your own personal brand in minutes. And for business development, too. Pager identifies companies that are advertising jobs, have key hiring indicators such as funding rounds, mergers, acquisitions, or senior appointments, and then alerts you to this daily. Pager also enables you to write candidate-centric job adverts without bias in seconds. So once you advertise your job, Pager will then automatically create a branded post and publish it to LinkedIn without you even having to lift a finger. So when you want to actively source candidates, you can create complex Boolean strings in seconds. All you need to do is to provide the job title and location. Now, Pager is making thousands and thousands of recruiters smarter and faster. For more information, click on the link pager.co to book your demo and remember to mention the recruiters recruitment podcast when inquiring now back to the episode <laughs> you said well, i wasn't allowed to swear no that's me said I wasn't no i didn't i said um, no rules I said they're, no rules. they're wonderful there you go end of, end of uh I'm, I'm not gonna be contrary i i am um, there's always a temptation to go agency bashing isn't there which mm. is which is challenging mm. um a lot of my work right now is talking to companies about their recruitment model so the reason I always talk about recruitment agencies is they're the holy grail. So if I find a client mm. that is a hundred percent agency, then or a prospect that's a hundred percent agency, then we've got a really good chance of winning them as a client. Mm. The main challenge is probably not. It's never about the individuals. Um, I will say this, and people don't believe me. Um, recruiters are recruiters are recruiters, and I do think there is a mix between in-house and external. But it's because of your uh, your motivation and how your 
objective work. Um, this is where typically agency recruiters go, why would you do that job for so little money at some point? But of course, people are motivated by different things. Absolutely. So, so a typical in-house recruiter is motivated by the hire. Um, an agency is motivated, motivated by the, the transaction. So the reason they're fucking it up, and I suspect the reason that, that I also struggle to sell what we do sometimes, is um, it's not always about the money. Mm. So it's the chasing of the transaction means along the way you either cut a few corners hopefully that'll make her really upset or more importantly you're pushing something on both the candidate and the client that perhaps isn't quite right for them and we both know that a really good uh, recruiter probably doesn't want to do that because a really good recruiter is thinking about their long-term business both uh, either from the client paying their fee or the candidate who's yeah. going to recommend them to their friends and do such other things but as we know the market is full of some really good recruiters, some really bad recruiters. The awkward bit's the middle bit. The middle yeah. bit's really difficult where organizations are paid for by the transaction that all those placements create. Yeah. So you then have to have a load of recruiters whose job is just to fill roles. And that's lovely, but fundamentally flawed because that's not what clients want anymore. At least it's not what our clients want anymore. Mm -hmm. So so maybe that's the thing. Or maybe it's just saying, carry on doing it because that's great because then I'll, I'll have lots more clients and they'll all see the light. <laughs> but the reality is where it's starting to rub a little bit is also the candidate experience. The mm. candidates are so cynical. So they bump into an in-house recruiter and they think recruiters are all the same. Absolutely. An you know, an in-house recruiter is talking about the company and that company alone. So if you want to work for, I don't know, pick a name. We should make up a name or use a real one. Let's work for Amazon. Okay. So if an Amazon, you know, an Amazon recruiter is only going to be talking about Amazon and about why you should work at Amazon. An agency recruiter would say, ah, yes, but I've got a total reach in, into the market yeah. for that candidate. But that, that's probably not what the candidate wants. They want to work for Amazon. They want to find out all they can yeah. about working for Amazon. Mm. So the, the bit that they really fuck up still is still, there's an awful lot of old school behavior. So there's the sending the CVs. There's the... Without permission. <laughs> without permission. There's the sending the terms. I mean, my favorite one is almost like, you've opened this email, so therefore you've accepted our terms. It's like, well, no, I haven't, have I? I've no. I don't think you know, so. And it's but it's really interesting that you and I have been around in the business for a very long time, mm -hmm. and all those things we probably thought had sort of gone away. I don't know if they've come back because the market's diff difficult. Um, it's probably an element of that, and I'm, I'm not blaming. I don't blame agency recruiters for trying to run across because that's not mm. that's not the problem. But that transactional nature creeps into everything that happens next. Um, as an anecdote, I'm going to use a real live example of a client without saying their name. One of our live clients right now, uh, we looked at the last 100 and, it's 114 hires, a very precise number, um, because they've been using us and they've been using an agency every now and again, or a number of agencies every now and again. So it's a really lovely benchmark. Mm. So we made 99 hires uh, and the agencies made 15. And of the 99 hires we made in 18 months, roughly, um, six have left. Mm, okay six agency hires have also left wow so our numbers are the same but the awkward thing is we've hired 99 and they've hired 15 yeah. so the number you come up with is six percent of our hires have left yeah. which is still actually a number we probably probably do with improving right um 43 percent of agency I was hires say it's left. almost half isn't it gosh but right it, so it's easy to go agency hires are rubbish but it's actually also to do with the hiring manager engagement Mm. that they see agencies as fast, that they'll go to market quickly, they'll mm. come armed with their database, 
uh, and therefore they'll have the right person immediately. But actually what happens is like anything else, your database is any as good as the people that are in it or the engagement you've got within it. All that's really happening is if you've got the right person who's available sort of now, perhaps maybe. But there's almost like a sort of implied belief that because they've gone out to market quickly and brought candidates quickly, then they are the best ones mm, now. The, fa- the fastest finger first kind of mentality. Yeah, that's the problem. So fundamentally, the, 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 if we did a little bit more analysis, because that sounds like a bit of a crappy thing. Again, try not. My job is to agency bash some of the time. So in this particular scenario, it probably is a little bit. Mm. But actually, it's to do with the relationship with the hiring manager as well. There's implied trust from a manager because the agency is external, ironically. They go, oh, you're outside, so therefore you must see the bigger world other than internal. Whereas an internal in-house recruiter, they only see it from our internal perspective, so maybe they don't see the market in the same way. Mm. But in all cases, all of the levers on the agency side all left because they could do the job, they had the skills but they didn't fit the culture of the business. They were nowhere near. And that's the challenge, I suspect, that the reason why in-house recruitment is more successful, in my opinion, and the reason why our business is doing okay in a difficult Mm. market Mm. is that cultural fit. And cultural fit is such a woolly phrase, isn't it? Well, it's just so hard to make. You ask 10 recruitment leaders, what what does that mean? And they'll have 10 different answers because I do ask that all the time on my podcast. I always tend to think you you sort of know if you spend enough time in a business, you sort of know mm. I've got two people with the same skills. They're the same salary, the same person. They look the same, sound the same. But you'll know one of them's going to survive better or be better in that organisation versus the other one. And, and when I you say, just let me pause you, when you say no, are we talking intuitively or are we using data and psychometrics? Uh, a bit of both. Yeah, a okay. bit of both. Actually, whether it's, uh, it, it, yeah, there is some science behind it. Um, how you measure culture can be a really, again, back to that difficult thing. I mean, there are awkwardly yeah. some tools um, which allow to measure measure culture. Um, I still fundamentally think there is an awkward intuitive. I don't know if that's actually true. I'm sure, we, sure there's some psychometric people out there saying, no, you're completely wrong. Um, but cultural fit, you just you get a sense of somebody. Um, I was talking about this the other day with somebody actually going on about it, but um, Gymshark in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, an amazing brand amazing super successful super successful leadership however i wouldn't fit in i'm not their target market for their product or to work there and i know that so it means if i look at some of their uh, employer brand stuff or their job descriptions it's not even aimed at me it's just not me and that's what i mean by culture it says they ought to, they they know what what good looks like for them for them that's, that's um, their measure and I quite like them though, actually, because some of their stuff is it's, it's ruling it's ruling me out. Mm. The danger, I think, with a lot of organisations, and we're probably as bad as anybody else, we're trying to catch a little bit of everything and not be mm. too controversial. Whereas Jim Shark mm. tends to sort of say, if you look like this and you work like this and you want these things, you'll probably do very well here. Come and join us. And I think that's really interesting because it does rule out automatically, you know, ninety percent of the people would ever read that job ad, but deliberately so. Whereas most of us say, hey, come and do this interesting, exciting, whatever, vibrant thing. And by default, I've captured an awful lot more people than we probably really want to talk to. Mm. Um, knowing, knowing, how to knowing how to say no in recruitment is probably quite a tough thing. And that maybe bring me on to the last thing as I go on about, about an agency recruiter. Find, they find it very difficult to say no, don't they? Bless them. To who? Um, to who are they, who to they everybody to? in the chain. They want to say yes to the, they want to say yes to the hiring manager every single time because the hiring manager is going to pay them. So they want to say yes to the candidate 
if the hiring manager shown any interest in that candidate whatsoever, right? Um, they're desperately trying to get that transaction forwarded and and, and happen and, and make because it happen because they've got their KPIs to hit of outcomes of and that's it. And that's so it's it's, it's the age old it's the age old recruitment thing. I mean, I've been talking about this for a thousand years. I am. Um, if you should anybody out there want to go and spend more time on YouTube, just if you Google my name, there's a there's a CW Jobs uh, Q and A session from 2011. Shows you how great my crystal ball was. Um, it was 80 uh, IT recruitment agencies um, sat in the room, uh, and I said my days. Yeah, I said to them, your days are numbered. I'm in house. I'm clever clogs. You're not. Your days are numbered. And interesting, some of them believe me. Some of them are like never, and some are like oh, maybe we can just change a little bit along the way. Um, then somebody sports it, asking a question about. So, what sort of terms should I buy or something else? And it's like awful. Oh, oh, but, but oh no, you ru ruined the video. Well, okay, I'm I'm going to give I'm going to award something to you here because you because you know we've known each other a very long time. You have a magic wand, and given that our lead, we know our listeners are a mix of in-house and agency. So this yeah. is specifically to our wonderful community right across the globe. Some of whom are just starting their recruitment careers. So we've got a captive audience here, Martin. Magic mm. wand. No what? what's the one thing that they should do to make themselves better for the for you as the in-house and for the mm. client for the end user client because ultimately it's all about delivering for the client what can they do in terms of whether it's their behaviors whether it's the way that they conduct themselves maybe it's three things i don't know but i want to narrow it down that's so difficult you're asking me what makes a good recruiter versus a bad one really because that's that's basically yeah but we yeah, do, have, I mean, we, do I, we do have a lot of new people starting their recruitment careers yeah. listening so I, I think we can actually really impact yeah. somebody today we are so proud to be partners of needy the gifting revolution here at key recruitment we absolutely love to send out bespoke gifts to our new place candidates to welcome them in their new jobs, but also as an extra special thank you to clients or when a team is celebrating something really special. But to be honest, we were really fed up with dull or mediocre gifts that you could just buy on the high street that didn't really reflect who we are at Key Recruitment as a business. This is why we chose Needy. Needy source sustainably from the UK's best independent businesses, offering the most perfect array of bespoke gifts and experiences too. So no more boring bottles of plonk or rubbish boxes of chocolates. This is how you make your customers day with a gift that really matters and shows that you really want to do something special for them. For more information on how psychology and AI forming to make the best gift experience for you, click on the link and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when ordering. Now, back to the episode. Um, so my uh, my take, well, I think awkwardly, again, it's, it's the same thing we've probably been saying for years. You know, good recruiters listen. Good recruiters listen to... What do you say? What do you say? I said, good. <laughs> so if they listen, but they listen to the hiring manager. They don't listen to the to the brief. They listen to the, you know. If I, um, I was on a, on a we have a client who's got um, what is a is a marketplace, uh, which is a euphemism for they they shove a load of their contract work onto a marketplace, and each of those roles goes out to about twelve different companies, um, and you're required to go into uh, into a call with the with the hiring manager and the, uh, the the managing partner who manages the the, the marketplace. Um, we're the only non-agency 
on that call. Um, so I see 11 faces that look remarkably similar. And they also ask the same questions. And they always ask, you know, you've been briefed already. You've been sent a decent brief, which tells you what they want, where they want it, how much they're paying, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the questions are always the same thing. They're always uh, seeming to ask questions for the sake of it to validate stuff that's obvious. You want to validate the things that aren't obvious. And it's almost that, you know, what don't you want? I can see what you want, but that still narrows it down to, you know, 8 billion people. What don't you want? What doesn't work for you? So good recruiters, I always think, are just challenging a little bit around how do you, what do you want? The start of that basics and, you know, recruitment is about hiring people. What don't you want? Because if you get that worked out, then it's an awful lot easier to work out what you do want. I said, using my, my Gymshark example, is a bit like that as well. They rule out 90% of candidates at application because people don't want to work there. They go, I don't fancy that. But the 10% that do really want to really work Really want there. to work there. I just want to pause <laughs> because what Martin has said there, I live and breathe and it's, it, it, it's incredulous. But bearing in mind my clients are recruitment agencies and my candidates are experienced recruiters. I don't do anything at entry level really. I ask that question every single time I interview somebody or I take on a new client, what don't you want? And everybody, 99% of people go, I've never been asked that question before. And I'm like, why would you never ask that question? It's so easy to then say, well, what don't want? Because you know what it'll do then? Guess what? Let's join the dots. It's going to tell you what you do want much yeah. more easily. So I'm but so pleased you said that. It's like, it's a eureka moment, but it's actually really simple. Oh, everything I think is really simple. I think recruitment's really simple. We make it very complicated. I am, um, but I think I think there's something in that though. But it's about again that stereotypical recruitment agency person unable to say no, so they don't want to ask that question because some might breed some sort of negativity to the call. But it's not, as you say, it's, to me, it's just it's a solid qualification. It says you know you're embarking on as a recruiter, you're going to go and find somebody for your your hiring manager or your client, whichever side of the fence you sat on. Um, Let's make it work for you. I think the other thing is that that um, what I found from from entry level early starters in recruitment, um, they clearly they don't know everything and everything. That's great. So ask ask questions. There's nothing wrong with asking questions, but yeah, do think about the question you're asking some of the time. Um, and that's of everything in the business. So I think there's an element of trying to be a bit more. Oh, I sound so old. A bit more sort of worldly wise. Mm. I'll use you know I'll use an example. There's always in, on both sides of the fence, there's always that sort of quite narrow view of, I'm talking to a hire manager, they're X years old, they may be, you know, they're a different gender to me, they're, you know, whatever. But you need to do your research on either the business that you're working for, really think about why would somebody want to work here? Um, if you're working with a client as a, in an agency position, try and find something about the hiring manager. Try and find out, again, back to that, likes, dislikes, whatever. But don't be afraid to try and just bring other things to the conversation that will demonstrate you actually half know what you're talking about. I think there's a big, the, the biggest challenge in recruitment still is, is, is that relationship between yeah. manager, you know, the person doing the hiring yeah. and whoever's doing the hiring for them or with mm. them. And I think those two things are slightly different. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. And I'm going to use your word that you used very early on in this interview, which is the transactional recruiter. And I think and I predict certainly based on the podcast that I've recorded in the last few months around AI, if you are listening to this and you uh, this is resonating with you, that you are transactional, that you recognize that about yourself and the business you work for, you will get replaced by a recruiter using AI. You will get replaced by a machine. Because if you're transactional, where's the human interaction? Where's the influence? Where's the knowledge? Where's the 
instinct and it's not being afraid to challenge you know yeah. even when I started my recruitment career and I, I was wet behind the ears I was 24 I didn't really I mean I wasn't very worldly wise I just absolutely winged it and I would I was obviously very well trained by our lovely friend Bill Gorman let's say hi to Bill hi Bill hi Bill, hi, Bill. Back in the 90s, and we were trained to, we had to ask challenging questions. We weren't allowed to say, what are the hours? What's the job? Where will it be working? We weren't allowed to ask that when we took a job. And we had to ask really contrary questions to get mm. us used to asking challenging questions. Because you know what? Most human beings, if, if I said to you, you know, what's the most difficult um, resignation you've ever endured? You, you've probably never been asked that question before. What's the worst mm. like thing you've ever had to do as a parent? Or, you know, these are really interesting questions that most people don't ever answer. As opposed to, you know, what do you, what, do you, what are your hobbies? Well, I couldn't care less what your hobbies are, really. What, I don't know, reading? So just don't be afraid. Listen to what Martin's saying from that perspective. <laughs> you've, got that. Like, you've, got, you've got quite a holistic view of the market, I would say, actually. Uh, we're a bit of a barometer right now. I think I was saying that yeah. to, to, again, I like repeat my stories to people. But mm. the, 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 the rise of embedded, certainly in the UK, it's not so prevalent in, in the rest of Europe right now. But if we look at look at the market for the last two years, we all came out of lockdown. Mm. I started my business in lockdown because I had nothing else to do, being yeah. poor and penniless and having no more money. I remember having I a call with you. you did, we did. And I was like, get on OnlyFans. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> and you I did. And, did. And, no, and, and not even you arrived on that. I sent it to everybody I knew and then they didn't believe me. <laughs> You didn't want to say you didn't want to pay for those pictures. So I had to give them away for free. And it was just a bit awkward. It has changed. It means I can't look people in the eye in quite the same way. Um, <laughs> but the, um, but the, we came out of that, so 2021. So I said it's about our business. Our business is a barometer of other things. So when, when people started to hire quickly, they suddenly needed people like us. They needed that embedded team to, to, to boost the existing TA team normally. Mm. Um, agencies needed to come to you because suddenly they're going, I can see all this money coming. I need, I need more people. I need more people on the ground. And so we, you know, you and I both are equally sort of measures of, of mm-hmm. what's going on in the market. You both, I mean, you and me and house, you agency. I think actually we should, we should do that together. That'll be well, well, I call myself the barometer as amongst other things. Carry on. Um, so we hit the back end of 2021. Everything's good. We're, we were doing some work with a large travel business in the Netherlands. Can't say them out loud because they, their lawyers get very upset. Um, where we went in-house to hire recruiters or hire TA people, mm. where they said, we need dozens. If 2022 goes the way they were forecasting, we need dozens more recruiters than we currently have. Mm. Find them, go wherever. They, and, and we were looking in, um, in Romania and in Israel and China, uh, all sorts of other off, off the slightly beaten path uh, places. That's why we're doing it. Um, Jump again to sort of, I think, I, I always think the peak last year was probably April, May. Certainly from our business, May, June were the most uh, financially successful businesses at the point we're going, wow, this is looking good. We could start to invest some of that money in other things. We took on some salespeople. We started to do all those good things that businesses do. But the market can't sustain that for forever. Nope. Um, and I think that's, that's where we find ourselves now. So we found that when the market's on the up, you and me suddenly get very busy. Yep. When the market's on decline, you and me get dropped first. Mm. That's probably not quite the same for an agency. For us, it's, it's definitely a black and white thing. They say, right, hiring freeze, lose the embedded, lose our con- lose contractors, lose anybody that we can trim some costs before we have to take our own team out. Um, and we've worked with clients where they've done that. They've gone contractors, us, and then gone through their own TA team. But we know, going back to the when, not if, at some point, those businesses will start hiring again. 
Absolutely. And then, and then you and me are back on being busy because we're available today. We're ready to go. We'll, we'll, we'll hit the ground running almost. So we'll fill that back up again whilst they then look for their own permanent people to sit in the seats again. Mm. Um, agencies will be called upon more often, which means that you'll get busier again because agencies go, oh, look, the market's turned. They, we've got more demand. We need more, yeah. more people. But going back to the, 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 if I was in recruitment or starting in recruitment now, you're absolutely right. The, the human element, yeah, we've always talked about recruitment being a sort of people, people-based business. I'm, I'm not sure that's true anymore. Chat GPT is, yeah, it's changed things, but it's only changed things for those that allow it to. And awkward, it's that middle ground. Mm. The good recruiters and the good in-house talent acquisition people, you know, they're neither here nor there. They're using Chat GPT. They're using it to help make them be more efficient, automate some stuff that they didn't before. It gives them more bandwidth. Awesome. Mm. The bottom end, they're not going to use Chat GPT, but they're probably not going to be replaced either because they're just mm. they're, they're very thick-skinned. They don't just get on with it, don't they? Yep. But that middle ground where they're writing a, an okay job spec. Well, I can get that written by ChatGPT. It will be better. Yep. And I can Simple automate I can automate mm. the posting of it. Yep. And I can automate the responses that I get. I can also I can all of these things that yeah, the human element is gonna be interesting. So for me, it'll be interesting to see what happens next, almost that that again looking back at the doom and gloom we've had in the past, you know, recession 0809. I went in-house after that and loads of us went in-house and certainly that maturity of the in-house model came about because of that. Um, COVID, suddenly everything plummeted but then grew and when it grew it came back disproportionately big. Disproportionately big, big. it, yeah, wasn't, we didn't, it we didn't wasn't a real market. Yeah we didn't just reset to 2019, we reset no. astronomically. Boom, boom market it was, it was crazy. And it is a boom and that's the only thing so I was having this debate uh, with something there's this sort of philosophical thing it says is this a bubble or a, or a recession so bubble being an example of the 2000 bubble um tech companies all suffered lost share price laid off loads of people and in the main took a long time to recover recession plummeting doom and gloom but actually they recovered and then continued to grow. Yeah. And whilst the pain, obviously, you know, again, knew each other in recession, that whilst there was the pain of that period of time, things didn't go to zero. Things were just reset a little bit. It, so they were hard, yeah. there were tough mm. times. Mm. But then the outcome was that we were out of it a little bit quicker. So I'm, I'm actually hoping this is a proper recession, but awkwardly it isn't. We haven't, we haven't actually had a recession. No. And, it, and, and once this goes live, which will probably be in autumn, 2024 we're recording this in the mm. summer of 2023 let's say 2024 i mean 2023 um who knows because the reality is that all, all the indicators are that we're not we've not been in a recession i think that there's so many different combinations the war obviously has had a massive mm. impact um who knows what will happen with regards to ai but i i agree with your summation of it am i are you like going to be a bot in five years time do you think the recruiters recruitment podcast is thrilled to be partnering with inclusion crowd Inclusion Crowd put the D into diversity, but do it disruptively. We love that. Really reflecting what we're about. I was introduced to Inclusion Crowd back in 2020, and I've been absolutely blown away with what they're doing to totally transform the recruitment and hiring sector. They believe at Inclusion Crowd that companies should be reflective of society. And that no matter who you are listening now, you have a story to tell. You have a contribution to make. An inclusion crowd 
educates you in allowing your voice to come out and share that story, but doing it in a way that educates your colleagues and your customers equally. Inclusion Crowd, like the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, has clients all over the world and they specialise in our industry. What we all want to do together is to maintain best practice and to raise industry standards to enable us to attract and retain the best talent, but doing so inclusively and with true diversity. By doing this, by accomplishing a true EDI policy within your business, you will also retain the top talent as well as attract new talent, which is a win-win for everybody listening, making more profitable business and a much better industry, higher regard, highly regarded. Inclusion Crowd are also the official awarding body for the Inclusion and Diversity Certification Mark within recruitment. We are so proud to be assisting and partnering Inclusion Crowd. If you want to know more information, please click on the link in this episode and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you do so. Now, back to the episode. Well, I was going to say a story. Um, we we will be in places. We'll be bots, of course. We will. Oh. Um, we got our first candidate response that was absolutely. It was slightly obvious. It was automated. Wow. But, yeah, we're doing, doing some client work, and yeah, the the response was was automated. It was ChatGPT written. It was it was an automated response because he knew the standard responses. Uh, wow. We only those because we did actually follow on, and so we knew the standard responses he gets from rejection emails. The emails all look the same. Wow. So ChatGPT is brilliant at capturing that and going, capturing oh, well, a great, a great, a great if you feed all these in, a great reply to it is this. So all he's done is saying, when I see an email that looks a bit like this, automatic reply. So, so yeah. Did you progress him? Chat- no, it's been, it's been rejected. No, it's been, been rejected. rejected. Interesting. Oh. I'm going I'm to watch this space. I'm going to watch this space and see how that, how that transpires. I really am. But look, you, you are, as I knew you would be, you are providing such a valuable insight. And I think your pragmatism and your general sense of humor is what makes you very special, Martin Dangerfield. <laughs> and whoever That's Professor De- Martin Dangerfield is. Yeah, please, see, I'm not please, a professor, sadly, here. Please pass on. I, do you know, I've done the same thing because I've got quite an unusual name. And there are loads of Leisha Holmeses, and I can't believe it. Yeah, not, in, cool. not in recruitment, though. So I think I do, I'm just going to do a Madonna and just call myself Leisha, I think, going forward. But on that note, let's not leave it so long next time. And thank you for joining us on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. No problem at all. Thank you for having me.